Descent into Darkness, Season 3, A Call of Cthulhu Campaign. My name is Travis, and I'll be your keeper tonight. We return to libraries, the front lines of the battle against the mythos. But before that, let's get an introduction from our investigators. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm playing Jack Glover, a detective on suspension from uh, from the police department, who has joined up with these guys. Uh, yeah. I'm Brandon playing Dr. Wallace Andrews. <laughs> I'm Justin playing Lance Monroe, uh, an occult museum curator. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it, Brandon did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so we'll begin today's story back at the Widner Library where Mr. Monroe is currently at work translating the hieroglyphics on the outside of the sarcophagus-shaped box wheeled to them by Mm -hmm. Mr. Merriweather, and the good Dr. Andrews has just left the Merwarder Chronic with an old professor of his to translate it. So we'll pick up with Dr. Andrews. So you've left that office, and what's your next move going to be? Well, I, and then I'll go find Lance and see what luck he's having. Yeah. So you find him in that room in the Widner Library where all the the regular folks come to do their studying or the students, which is this room with these big tables. It kind of looks like a cafeteria in a way, at least in how it's laid out. And there are these huge, long, narrow windows that run maybe three stories high. And there's a uh, skylight, like a big round skylight so no matter what time of the day good daylight flows into the room and it's easy to pick out Monroe amongst all the people because most people dress in you know drab colors Mm -hmm. and they're very uniform but there you have this uh, fellow in a a red I think you described as Mm -hmm. like the inside of a circus like a ringleader's coat Mm -hmm. right yeah so yeah so it's very bright you know, Does it like have a, tails? <laughs> yeah, like uh, the top. Actually, hat, the gloves. the picture that I have on on there now is actually pretty representative, other than like the skeleton costume underneath it. But yeah, the the red coat, the top hat, the right, the uh, yeah, golden cummerbund. So you're like the lone or vest wildflower that survived a wildfire, basically yeah. just there. Uh, but yeah, it probably looks a little <laughs> bit weird with like my top hat on the desk and me actually concentrating on yeah. something. <laughs> Yeah, and as you approach, he's got um, a book there, plus the ones he bought from Orion's open, and he's, you know, looking at the books, um, moving the 
sarcophagus in his hand or did you want would you rather carry like a rubbing of the symbols yeah i kept uh, rubbing and kind of like my uh notes and journal okay so yeah and he's working diligently at that okay but you feel his presence at your shoulder i suppose yeah i feel the presence of a tiny arm that's about to shift my perception (laughs) (laughs) a gloved hand falls on your shoulder (laughs) sanity roll well, I uh, found an old professor of mine who should be able to translate the Merwetter Chronic, and I left it with him. Well, wonderful. What uh, luck are you having? Well, I've, I seem to have uh, made a little bit of progress. Uh, it is a, a more ancient dialect than what most easily translatable tomes will, will provide, so... I'm still slogging through it, but uh, I, I've managed to translate a couple of things. Uh, Seeker of Wisdom, uh, Servant, Sun, Seth, and Yog sothua um, So, yeah, there are a couple of things in there that I, I have managed to find, but getting the full picture is still still eluding me. I estimate that it will take three or so <laughs> days <laughs> for at me to, <laughs> at my current pace, to fully <laughs> translate it. And around that same time, I I do have uh, uh, an appointment set up to meet with um, who was it? Uh, uh, the the Courtney Vaughn, a student. Yeah, a student in the Egyptology department to help make sure that my translations are correct. Okay, so I think we've done or are doing what can be done here. I'm not sure what what else I can do in this particular place. Besides get lost in this books and not find things that I want to find. Well, this will take me a little while. So if you have other errands or other leads you want to chase down, then you're more than welcome to it. Um, if we do need to shift place, um, where was the other library that had the, or no, the day, the day Vermis Mysterious is missing from this library, right? Uh, this one, the librarian woman you talked to, Caitlin Fisher, said that they don't seem to have that in their collection. Okay. Yeah. So if it's here, it's hidden. Okay. At least officially, they don't have it. The Miskatonic Orn Library, their copy was stolen copy by Johann Mueller, which Monroe doesn't know. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, Doctor Armitage says it was stolen. Yeah. And Whitmire and Glover are going to New York. To yeah, to try speak and- with. Tobias Heckley. Yeah. Um, Looking for another rumored copy. But yeah. you're a student here, correct? Yes. Uh, perhaps you'll have a little bit more luck uh, getting into the restricted section to see if they are perhaps lying to me about not having a copy. Oh. Well, I don't think they would lie, but I can try. Okay. If you can get access to the uh, restricted section at all, that would probably be very helpful. Yeah. Okay. So that'll be my next step then, Keeper. Yeah. I'll try to... Get access to the restricted section. Uh, I can't imagine why they would, you know, <laughs> deny me in, in all my glory and obvious passion for for this, this material. Mastery of the all occult. Right. Yes. I think they would want me to write a book for them rather than deny me access to the tomes <laughs> they have. This is true. This is true, young, <laughs> young Monroe. So, Dr. Andrews, you cast about the reading room here and you see a woman you think to be the librarian and Monroe can confirm you confirm that for you, Miss Fisher. 
is running the library at this moment, and you can go up to her, but let me do concealed roll here real quick. really like to think that Johan's face pops into your guys' vision anytime you encounter <laughs> a librarian and it just starts yelling at you to kill them. <laughs> They're keeping the secrets from you. Yeah. All right, so yeah, anyhow, you walk up to her. What's your, what's your pickup line? opening line oh yeah <laughs> just introduce myself as uh, uh dr andrews a yeah. student here yeah emphasis on the doctor slapper <laughs> with a bunch of money well yeah basically like you know like i'm older i'm not the age of a student so i'll you know yeah. have the bearing of a serious person I mean, look at that mustache how could you not <laughs> i need you know for my research i need access to the uh restricted section okay so unbeknownst to you she has been put into a slightly irritated state by her dealings with monroe <laughs> is that really what? unknown to him <laughs> <laughs> i'll diagnose her with uh what did they hysteria have? hysteria <laughs> have her committed yeah <laughs> uh so the words she says are polite but you can tell, you think underneath that sh there's this irritation, right? Right. So she says, oh, okay, um, what, did you need me to go fetch something from the stacks for you, or? Uh, no, I'm not exactly sure what I'm looking for. It's one of those things, you know, where I'll know it when I see it. I'll try to, like, persuade. Okay. I'll be, like, charming, you know. Right. All right. So I'll say, yeah, you can do it with the persuade, but there's a couple of things, there's... There's a particular problem with persuade and that it takes time, something she feels short on. So if you want to hit the persuade tactic, you'll need a hard persuade to open her up about that. Or concept. three shots and an arm hook. What if I just like give her 20 bucks or something? <laughs> okay, we can well, bring that... it back down to normal if you want to put a bribe on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got plenty of cash. Go buy yourself something good, toots. Yeah, go buy yourself a... Just look the other way. Make sure the door's unlocked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll do a persuade. <laughs> Except it's because he's a doctor and a detective. It's kind of <laughs> got to be stuffy, though. <laughs> Can't be all suave. Oh, dang. That bedside manner. Okay. It was that $20 yeah, you, uh... that did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. one away from a hard success anyway. Well, a $20 bribe is a significant amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, quite a bit back then. Yeah, that's like when uh, we were playing the other game and we were giving gold pieces to stable boys. <laughs> You're upsetting yeah. local economies. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that it's like uh, when Dr. Evil's asking for various ransom monies. Oh. <laughs> and we're just, because we're so, like, especially like in this, where it's like 1930s money or 20s money, like we're just so removed from how cheap everything was. Yeah. yeah. Or I guess what the value, the actual, like, buying value was yeah twenty dollars that's twice my daily spending level yeah what is it that's like that's a, that's a lot of bottles of coca-cola <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she how do you uh offer up your bribes what's the andrews technique right so I'm just tapping it on her her little book cart yeah while you're asking her right yeah, yeah. i'll just you know hand it to her and say it's got to be frustrating dealing with the students in this place day in and day out so, you know, you deserve to relax somewhere, get a nice meal. Yeah, so she takes it. Take a uh, good lunch break. Get a nice pair of shoes. And she says, yeah, I don't see that that will be a problem. Um, let me Pay just off. show you the door. And uh, 
You said you're, are you a student here or a different college? I'm a student here. I'm taking some psychology courses. I see. Never stop learning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so she makes some small talk as she leads you over to the door that leads to where you can go to the different parts of the stack. As I had said in the last season, most of these bookshelves are stored in an underground level below Widner Library that runs, you know, some distance beyond the surface building. So it's sort of like a dungeon of libraries down there. But um, so you get there, you get, she just leads you as far as like the stairwell. And she says she, you assume, she assumes that you know your way around down there or did you need any further help? I should be able to find my way. Thank you, ma'am. He was never seen again. <laughs> yeah, so you get, you know, as you descend these steps, you get that not altogether pleasant smell of mildew and books that are getting close to rotting. You know, it's a big task for them to go through and take out books that, that begin to rot and to keep them from rotting in the first place. So that smell permeates everywhere. Mm. And it, you know, smell is associated with memory, so it brings you back to a couple of months ago, which kind of gets the hairs on the back of your neck raised because you're thinking about serpent men. Yeah. After all, it was thought that Monroe had an encounter with one down here. You missed it, unfortunately, I believe. But in any case, you are down amongst the stacks, which means if you want to find something, what specifically are you trying to find? That Dave Hermes Mysterious? Yeah, that'd be a start. Uh, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I'd look for. See if they have uh, a copy here that they're not being honest about. Okay. And, uh, you know, another thing I'd like to keep an eye out for is any book as I'm walking through that looks like it's not in the right place, right? Like however they catalog these on the book itself, whatever, you know, if they're yeah. alphabetical and I see one with a title that starts with a Q and it's supposed to be A or what, I don't know, however you would... However, they would catalog these. I would just, you know, keep my eye out for something that looks like it's out of place. Something that maybe is like not dusty <laughs> up on top of some of the books sideways or pushed further back than it ought to be. Right. Uh, you know, or a space showing that a book was there, but isn't now. But yeah, like that, I'll just keep my eye out for. But as far as specifically, I'll look for that Divermis Mysterious. So I would try, I don't know. However, I know that books are cat are stored and cataloged in the, in these days. Uh, I'll look th through those methods. Like, I don't know who wrote the De Vermis mysterious. I think it's Ludwig Prin. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd look for the book title, then I'd look for the author yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, you have two tactics you could take here based off of your description. You could look for things out of place, which we could rely on a spot hidden, or you can do use library which you haven't had a ton of success of in the past, but it will be an extreme spot hidden and actually the same with used library. Okay. So then I'll try it with the spot hidden. Okay. We're going to be extreme about it. Bust out that snowboard. No. Mm. Mm. Mid-24s. We yeah. were all hoping for it. Don't have the luck. Yeah. <laughs> Always push. <laughs> I don't know if I'd push a 17, though. No, I'm not. I, that'll be just like, you know, I did my best. I, I I couldn't find anything. Dude, this is the prime time. You push that, and when she comes back, you do the uh, standard 
1920s shake. Yeah, shake and slap. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> She's like, why didn't you just ask? I offered to help. <laughs> is there anybody else down here? Uh, you occasionally see some other student working. Um, if you remember from last season, they had little nooks here and there where you could sit in a chair and and or they would have a desk, something like that. So, yeah, you do occasionally see that. But um, your spot hidden, the way that kind of works is you're, because there's so many books, it's like the primary feature, you know, it takes quite a bit of focus to do what you're doing, trying to look for things that are out of place, because a lot of it looks sort of odd, or not odd, but it's just so uniform that it's it's hard for you to really concentrate it on it as you go to that degree. But it is kind of when you're getting around to the the occult section that you had been to before with Monroe, that you really sort of apply that that level of focus and you just don't come across anything, you know? Yeah. I mean, you see interest, all kinds of interesting titles that might have some knowledge in them, but you know, you just, you're not certain. Nothing of immediate value pops up and you're basically at a dead end there. Okay. All right. So then I, you know, at that point, I guess I would like go back upstairs. Okay. And I want to see if I can spot, Monroe. You can. <laughs> I want to see if I can spot the librarian. Yeah. So I want to try to get Monroe down here without her knowing. <laughs> it would be a lot easier if you didn't look so brightly colored. But And yeah. how he turns the page on the book, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, and, you know, everywhere I walk, my flyers are constantly, you know, <laughs> falling out. Yeah, fluttering behind me in a cloud. But honestly, you know, there's not the. The restriction is more of a control thing to keep their catalog intact as far as like going in, going out so it doesn't get mixed up. It's less about keeping people from stealing the books. Okay. So all you need is to make like a regular uh, stealth roll for on Monroe's part. Or alternatively, if you have some idea of a distraction to serve in place of his stealth, you could could go with something like that. Yeah. So shoot a gun into the air. This is not a robbery. <laughs> I just need to find a book. <laughs> I am merely testing the, the workings of my gun. Yeah, so like I'll get Monroe's attention and, and tell him, you know. Okay. Yeah, so Monroe, for your part, while he's been down there for maybe like about an hour now, you've just uh, taken a pause from the actual translation part to sort of reset your mind, and you're looking at your, your book on Genie. And uh, the gist you're getting from reading is that Jen, Jen are generally thought to be invisible, uh, but they can appear as something. They usually prefer a snake form or some other sort of lizard or insect, although they may appear as humans as well. And that kind of becomes the frustrating thing of trying to narrow down what you might be dealing with because the categories are not well defined and they're mm-hmm. like they're permeable. So you'll have different ones. You'll have like the Ifrit, the Shaitan, the Marid, and Jinn, but they have a lot of overlap in power and disposition. And also, I'd say the only gist you could get out of it is that most of them have strict rules by which they must adhere, but there is no congruency between those rules. So it seems like if you are dealing with a Jinn, at least according to this book, you would have to figure out what type it is. And, and what its specific and, thing is, right? So, okay. if you're to take it at face value, but anyhow, you uh, you kind of 
there's sort of a maybe he gets to the end of the row and and hisses at you or something, but you hear Andrew's trying to get your attention from near the edge of the room. I'll look up at him and not understanding what he's doing, I'll just like wave him over. <laughs> yeah, I'll just look at him and be like, What are you doing? <laughs> Come over here. Yeah. So I'll just he's like, like he's never been sneaky before. Yeah. I'll Hard to like, be sneaky with I'll that mustache. Them. Come here. <laughs> so, you here. Yeah, I'll I'll just kind of confuse get up and come over to him like what what what's he what's going on i got access to the restricted section but oh, if you don't get we got to make sure she doesn't see you go down there because she doesn't like you very much i don't know why i don't either let's go <laughs> <laughs> you'll never get better if you don't tell him <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'll i'll uh follow him okay so yeah it's just a regular stealth to pass unnoticed this is Unless not... you have some uh, some other idea, hmm. like I mean, you could conceivably make a big enough distraction to where you getting into that door would be easy. That it doesn't require a stealth roll. But uh, is there any studying kids nearby? Oh yeah, there's lots of them in here. So can we wait until she's actually distracted with someone else? Yeah. That's, that's... Well, the other problem is there. All, there's also some like minders around too that work with her. She's just uh-huh. the head of the show right now. You know? Okay. Um, so there's a few different sets of eyes you, you have to tie up or pass by unnoticed. Yeah. So like, I'll, <laughs> I'll like go to a, a kid who looks like he's poorer than most Harvard <laughs> kids. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll offer him $10 if he gets up and screams at the top of his lungs and goes running along the wall or something. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so you just got to make sure people are paying attention to you. And Let's take a look here. And if they get mad at you, you just say that, yeah, you were excited because you finally learned something you were studying. I don't know. I'll just say that I assumed that your permission was my permission as well. That when you got permission to come down here, since we're companions and working together on mm. on research, that it applied to me as well. Let's <laughs> let's just try my idea. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be a distraction if I get that kid to do that. All right. So he takes your money. He's like, you want me to stand up on this table and start screaming? Well, you got to get the eyes over there. Uh-huh. It's 1920s. Maybe if he starts Do a like ranting and raving about like uh, communists or something like that, <laughs> anarchists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, he's like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Gotta be careful. You can end up in an insane asylum <laughs> if you're a guy too. Pretty easy in this yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so he goes down to the further corner of the room, away from where you guys are, and he gets up on the table. And sort of stands up straight, and he just starts orating from some play you're not familiar with. He's just reading lines from it, you know? Mm. And everybody's, like, looking. And after a minute, some of the younger, the freshmen start, you know, clapping at him and whistling at him and cheering him on. But, yeah, that would allow you to get past without needing a stealth roll. Good, because I (laughs) don't know if I'll succeed a stealth roll. Let's just say that you did have to stealth. What would you have gotten? <laughs> yeah. What do you know? A critical success. <laughs> really? Yeah. You would have. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there goes Amazing. that critical success. 
Anyway, yeah, <laughs> head down. All right, so you... Um, yeah, I'll leave my top hat and every, all my stuff desk, at the desk. To claim your place, yeah. So you... Uh, <laughs> Two duffel bags of flyers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have an extra dimensional space in my coat. They kind of puff up from under his feet every time he makes, takes a step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And go twirling away in the wind. So you and Dr. Andrews head down the stairs to where all the books are. And we'll pause there and jump over to Mr. Whitmire. So Whitmire... You had arranged to meet uh, Detective Glover at Gino's restaurant, and that's where we'll pick up there. So you actually see Glover sitting there at a table. He had stopped to get something that he had been looking for at the post office, I think is what you got from him. But he's sitting there now waiting for you to show up. And uh, last time you had figured out where this Tobias Heckley's uh, address was, which turned out to be above his bookstore. So same address for bookstore and home. That and you spot Glover sitting there. I'm going to give him a fake address. <laughs> going to give me a fake address? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I'll go in and, and sit down and uh, ask him if he's ordered anything yet. Uh, not yet, other than some more coffee or water. What do they got here? Probably some wine. It's an Italian joint, ain't it? Yeah. Uh, other than some wine, nothing much. Been looking at this uh, rendering of that. Symbol that was carved into, oh dang it, what's his name? Uh, Marion Allen. Of uh, Marion Allen, and I'll put it on the table. Kind of looks like a flower to me. The taxi driver on the ride over said it looked like a coin. What do you think, Whitmire? <laughs> uh, the handout's called Carved Symbol. Yeah, I see it. What do you I think? I think it's on the board, too. The, uh, skill-wise. Uh, you don't have to... I mean, you could... Make a, a Cthulhu Mythos roll. I'm really good at that. Nope. You actually are pretty good at it. Not <laughs> good enough. With Mr. Monroe. I mean, it looks like, uh, I don't know, it looks like a, a flower. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. Great minds think alike. Like a... Now you, uh, are we going to eat or are we just going to head over to uh, this uh, an- antiquities guy? Well, uh, his his house is right above his bookstore, so uh, we we got a little bit of time. So I don't think he's really going anywhere, as we might as well get some food while we're here. All right, let's see. Let's bring up a menu here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. I guess this is probably one of those places where um, a lot of the the wines and dishes are. If you're not into that lifestyle, you probably wouldn't even know how to order from the get but you can get basic stuff it's no problem it's just if you're not a well-to-do fellow you might feel a little out of place yeah which is why it's is it in italian the the menu yeah yeah probably oh so i'm looking at an italian 1920s (laughs) menu right now i can't read any of it take a shot let me hear the music of the language (laughs) (laughs) and well it's going to be a bit uh odd because i'm going to be talking like this as well (laughs) so uh let's see we got a oh a salalato miso Uh, i think i'll just take a cafe that's a coffee ain't it i I don't know now whitmire can correct you with his meathead voice (laughs) (laughs) But you guys you order just get noodles and some uh, noodles and some sauce. That's all you need. <laughs> but you guys order, and it is uh, pretty good. Probably the best Italian you've had ever. But uh, the yeah. meal comes to inclusion. Is there anything you wanted to talk about, or should we move on to the next thing? Well, after we finish eating, 
It was, uh, you forgot to mention that it was so good we forget what we were even doing here. We say, well, <laughs> time to go back to Boston. And well, it's time for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> we just had lunch. All right. Uh, no, I mean, not too much small talk on my part, at least. I believe that after this meal, it definitely requires the lighting up of his cigar, though. Right. Got a, a certain, it helps uh, the, the stomach heal from the food intake. <laughs> As I can't All remember right. if I was smoking cigarettes or, or a pipe in this game. but You bought cigarettes in the last session. Yeah, and All I right. think you had rolly, uh, rolling material, yeah. too. Okay. So yeah, I'll wait till we get outside, at least, as I uh, kind of post up close to the door and roll a smoke yeah while he's doing that i'll kind of try getting a cab yeah yeah it's no problem and um you guys just gonna have him take you to this address yeah okay what about what so, time is it is the story uh, you guys open, got there so? like early afternoon so we can say two hours so you're you are pushing to dinner time so it'd be be about uh five o'clock so yeah it should still be open for a few more hours okay no it's uh good time so uh so yeah the the cabbie takes you into harlem and uh dog ears the name of his bookstore uh ends up being just off of lennox avenue upon your first glance from the cab there when he drops you off it's not clear that the establishment is open for business Mm. like it doesn't have much in the way of signage from the outside apart from just a little uh wooden sign hanging on like a what's the term like a Anyhow, it's just hanging there, and it just it says the name, the title of the bookstore, right? But there's not, it's not stenciled in the window or anything like that. Hard to pick up from the street. You have to get up real close to the door before you see it. So who's going in first? Well, as, uh, I think that since you're you're an obvious uh, cop, as you might <laughs> spook him. Although I don't know what he has to be spooked about. We're just here for a a book. As uh, why don't you go in first, and I'll hang out out here. Hmm. All right, Whitmire. Yeah, I'll go on in. Okay. Because I'm going to hang out, though, is once he actually goes in. I want to see if there's any other entry points to this, like around the back, a side, a window, anything. Yeah, so from the outside, what you see is several other um, apartments just like this. You have four that are kind of sandwiched in real close together. So to get around to, like, the back of the building, you, you have to go around uh, to the other side. Yeah, no. That's, if you want to do that, yeah, that would be fine. There's uh, but wait, yeah, you s- wait till he's in there and and engaged, and I'll slip around to the to the back. Yeah, so on the front you had the windows on both levels. Uh, you could kind of see it might be possible to clamber up from the front, and in the back you have a fire escape system that runs uh, along both well uh, along the top level and then down to the ground. Like it go, it, there's railing that comes along every window at the top level, and then one staircase down uh, to the alley that is behind that set of buildings. And also, you have windows on the back that could be accessed okay. on the ground level. Uh, if there's if there's a way, I don't know if the, the escape is uh, all the way down right now, but if there's if it's not, I'll look for yeah you know, trash bins, anything that I can find to try. Okay. No, this one is fixed. There. It's all the it's all the way down to the ground, and there is a back door at every like apartment as well as the windows. And the one that you marked to be dog ears, uh, the back window is papered over, or something's covering it, so you can't see 
the interior from the outside, at least from the lower level. Now for Detective Glover's part, uh, as soon as you walk in that you're, you're aware that, oh yeah, this is a bookstore because you see just books stuffed everywhere. Probably a fire hazard, right? Uh, Johan probably would have got along with them quite well as far as their organization system goes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they're cared for, but there's just more than the space he really has. So, and they're in all sorts of conditions. Like this book collector doesn't seem to be above keeping books that have their cover missing or something mm. like that, you know. And uh, amidst a bunch of books behind a counter, y- you, you know, smell some cigarette smoke coming out. And you see a black gentleman stand up and he's like, welcome. My name is Tobias Heckley. What can I do for you? Ah, well, Mr. Heckley, pleasure to meet you. I'm uh, Jack Glover and I'll offer my hand. Yeah. Uh, I'm a police detective out of Boston, Massachusetts. I'm here working a case because I heard from a friend of a friend, that you might have something that could be vital to cracking this case. So, yeah, he has a like fringe of gray and black hair sort of shooting up. Almost looks like uh, some smokes that had somehow been captured there because it kind of goes up in, in different directions. But he does have a relatively warm smile. But he's old, so you know that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah. A lot of old-timers are pretty good at putting on a face. But And he's like, oh, yeah, we got... Uh, we got a lot of stuff in here. What are you looking for, sir? Let me think. Um, it's a book. It's uh, supposed to be rather old. Um, and uh, what was it? Dave Vermis Mysterious? Uh, so, uh, Dave Vermis. Uh, mm, uh, something. Uh, can, can you help? Dave Vermis. Um, mysterious? Uh, All right. Mysterious. Give me a psychology roll. Uh, I'll kind of be looking at him with one kind of squint eye. No. No, nothing like (laughs) bad being directed his way, you know, just kind of how I look. Well, I don't expect we'd have something like that in here. You don't expect you'd have something like that in here. But you saw, saw, like, the the pupil or something dilate for a second when you said the title. Like, there's a focusing of his vision, and then it goes kind of back for the, uh, to the, uh, well... Mm -hmm. Shucks type attitude, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You probably want to go uptown for something like that. Such a hard book to find. All my friends, a lot of them uh, that I'm currently working with, they have all sorts of knowledge of the ins and outs of the various Massachusetts library um, workings. They can't find it either. Well, what's the what's the subject matter on a book like that? Uh, it's just popped up in a case. Hmm. Uh, we believe that someone is believing that they're gaining some knowledge or connection from it to fuel their crimes. That's, I just want to try to get one step ahead of them. You don't say. Well. Do they have fire uh, codes at this point? <laughs> they have s- some stuff, but it's not, like, very enforced, right? Mm. But if I had friends in various departments, <laughs> they could try to put the pressure on this poor store yeah okay well i mean you could if you want to come up with uh some sort of pressure that way you yeah you could like an intimidation intimidate yeah or if you if your law is higher you could use the workings of that to to pick out something you know and point it out to him yeah so we'll see how it goes with his next little yeah so he's like i could i could maybe you know i know a few other collectors i could get you a few books and maybe send you on their way with a good word how would that do for you Oh, that'd be excellent. Except I've heard from so many people that 
they were they were sure that you a, a reputable collector of such as yourself definitely would have a copy. Well, I don't know why they would be saying that. Who are these people you've been hearing from? Who are these people that I'm hearing <laughs> from? Uh, you uh, you weren't there in person, but they had. Oh, the story was Doctor uh, Henry Armitage had okay. given the name. Uh, uh, but was it a detective or a librarian? A librarian, yeah. librarian, head librarian, head librarian, he? yeah. Oh, the head head librarian at the was it Miskatonic Library at the Miskatonic Library, uh, Mister Armitage. He said he was sure he had a copy. Oh well, why didn't you say so first? I I know Armitage. Me and him run in the same circles, but. Nevertheless, I don't know if we have a book like that. You'll have to give me a minute to look into it. So you just wait right here. You, you Peruge? Yeah. Is it all right if I look around? Yeah, go ahead. I, I got some things come in, and I hadn't cataloged them yet. It'll take me just a moment. Excellent. I'll wait right here Yeah. with Beljean. I'll start snooping through uh, various books and whatever I can get my hands on like a true cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as I had described before, uh, the gist you get from this collector is and also his location is that he has to kind of get whatever he can get his hands on right you know because mm-hmm. this part of town's a little little lower income he's the me of new york <laughs> right <laughs> and uh he's not too picky about the condition or what ends up in his collection so you see some books that probably wouldn't be on shelves in libraries elsewhere either they're too profane mm-hmm. or uh or they just didn't have a high enough circulation or enough interest so there's all kinds of weird yeah, stuff I'll, to see in there, you know. I'll pick up one of those uh, Harlequin romance novels yeah. <laughs> about uh, a giant women. Yeah. <laughs> what is this doing <laughs> here? I've been seeing this all over the place. Yeah, so it's the second in a series from an uh, author who only goes by the, the moniker The Voice. Mm. Not since the bard has a uh, pen been put to paper to such a high level. <laughs> My wife has a copy of this one at home. <laughs> she doesn't want me to look at it. And you uh, you flip to a page at random whose words offend your Presbyterian <laughs> sensibilities. On reflex. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Just the way you were brought up, you know, they're, uh, they're lurid and explicit. And uh, they go on and on and on. <laughs> but eventually he comes back and he says, um, Detective, come on over here. Yeah, I'll follow him on over. I just got to come clean. Sorry about the ruse earlier. And that book is a little odd. I didn't know who you were or why you're looking for it. And I'm not going to give it to you, and I'll tell you what. People hold on to that book. They have bad luck carrying it, right? I bought it at a, at a what do you call it, an estate sale a long time ago. But uh, I wrote down a bit of its history. Okay, yeah, I keep this book there in the back, just in a room all by itself. I don't have the space for that. But I bought it at a estate sale from a fellow that died, and I looked into the book and its background, it belonged to a family called the Vanderhills uh, out in uh, upstate New York a long time ago. Some fella came across it uh, in that house after it was destroyed. But uh, basically, each owner that's had this book has died in an extremely unlucky fashion shortly after owning the book. I would be the exception to that because I follow very specific rules. Anyhow, the first was the sheriff who obtained the text from a man named John Eagle. He, anyhow, this sheriff died by striking his head on the lintel of his front door. From there, the book went to a young woman and a cultist, died when a lit cigarette fell amidst the folds of her elaborate dress, eventually catching her on fire. 
Then the lawyer whom she was dating at the time died while demonstrating how the accused had shot his victim when the gun accidentally discharged, when he was showing it in court. Then a doctor friend who found the book among his friend's personal effects and was a pallbearer at his funeral died when the pallbearers stumbled and the casket fell on the poor doctor. From there it went to auction and was sold to a young dilettante and dabbler who, while dancing, severely bit his tongue. It became infected and he died of gangrene. Then the book was shipped to relatives and the courier went through the wrong door of a building and fell five stories down an elevator shaft. Then the bereaved mother suffocated to death when her Murphy bed closed up in the wall with her in it. Now, do you believe any of what I've told you? Yeah, if I'm being honest, uh, Tobias, uh, not really. Sounds like a nice tale. Tell over a campfire. Well, I had a few close calls myself until I locked it up in the room there and I don't mess with it anymore. But the reason I'm not going to give you that book is because you don't believe that any of that happened. I don't know anything about it, but I know that that story is true and all that has been confirmed. I can give you a list of the names of the owners of those books and you can look in their desks yourself. But if you want to look at the book, I'm not going to keep you from doing that. You can go into that room and he points back and he's even put a a sign like above the door that says no knives, no guns. Mm. Right. And uh, you can look at it in there as long as you like, but it stays here and it doesn't go in your possession. If you can follow those rules, then I think we, you could take a look. All right. Well, the reason I wanted to come into possession of the book is because it's not me who will be doing the look, and I have some experts in their field that uh, I'll pass the book to. They know what information I, I kind of need to have, and they'll be able to shift through all the information. Well, you, you bring them around if, if you like. I'm sure that they'll be more than willing to, unless they're... They've, their search is paid off in other parts of Boston. So, I think I'm done here then, if you're going to shut me out. You, know, was, you said you had some, uh, perhaps, uh, notes or anything that I could take with me? Well, here, take a look at this. This is the diary of the boy that uh, went up into the, the house that this book allegedly came from, the Vanderhill home, and he hands you a, a diary. Ah. Uh, I'll, I'll look through it, but I, I don't know if this is pertinent to my investigation. So. Well, it's it's a story of his experiences in that house. If I, the house and his experiences aren't part of it. There's information that is in the book that I believe a killer is using to uh, commit his crimes based on whatever. Well, in the back pages, you'll see some of the notes I put down for for my own investigation into the history of the book. All right. Uh, I won't say no to anyone trying to help out, so thank you. Sorry to waste your time. It's all right. You have a good day. Yeah, I'll go outside, cross the uh, street, and uh, if I can't find Whitmire immediately... <laughs> He's I'll... back around to the front by, t- by okay. then, uh, smoking a cigarette. But yeah, the book he gave you uh, is about six by three and a half inches, and it's odd in that it has a durable binding of thin sheet metal. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, well, he's got the book in there, Whitmire. I'll start fing- uh, thumbing through this diary, kind of skimming it. Maybe skip right to the back, see about any of the notes, which are going to be uh, probably pretty uh, foreign to me. I'll, uh, well, 
I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happened around back. Yeah, this is a very long uh, story. It's called The Diary of Alonzo Typer. It's actually one written by Lovecraft under, or ghostwritten for somebody else. But uh, it's it's long, and it may have some relevant information to this case. But what is relevant is, is uh, Tobias's collection towards the end of the journal, which includes a few clippings here and there, you know, uh, courier plunges five stories to his death and it'll have like the clipping towards it not all of the claims he made have has a clipping next to it but a few of them at least are verified by what he wrote there so he had a list of names and owners for the book and rough dates as best as he could put together and that would be what he told you about was his investigation into the history of the book but apparently found by alonzo typer in the vander hill house Back in 1908. But that's where you guys are at that point. Well, I think now it's probably on to Whitmire's POV. See if uh, see what he got up to. Yeah, did you do anything else but look? Well, what, yeah, with the journal or John? No, okay. uh, Whitmire. Huh. Uh, I was uh, obviously going to break in. Oh, were you? <laughs> that's, okay, so uh, where? It it's still open. I got a distraction up front. Of course I'm breaking in. Travis okay. just didn't want to stereotype your character, right. man. I mean, come on. <laughs> what uh, what entry point do you want to use? Well, let's uh, let's find out. As uh, we go low, we'll be downstairs. High upstairs. Looks like I'm downstairs. going downstairs. Okay, uh, it's difficult for you to tell, but you have the door and one window, but they were both both the window pane on the door and the window itself were papered over. So you can't see what's in there. They might go into the same room as far as you know. Okay. Door would be easier without making a lot of noise. Yeah. Is, uh, I'll I'll try try the door handle first. See if it opens. Okay. It is locked. All right. So a locksmith to try and unlock it. I'll uh, spend two luck. Okay. So yeah, you get the lock open it's pretty easy for you by this point and uh when you go to push the door open it opens about three inches and then it hits something in the way of it all right i'll uh i'll kind of feel around right from uh from up near the top towards the down to the bottom just feel what it's what it might be hitting on (laughs) if i can identify yeah you feel like a, a bunch of books okay like so, stacks of books, right? I'll uh, I'll close the door and we'll we'll uh, take a look at that window. Is it an opening window? Yeah, yeah. Um, you think you could get it open, but it would require a pass stealth step check not to do it with uh, or to do it without making a lot of noise because you can always break the window. Which I'm takes no push roll. it. Okay. As uh. I guess alert somebody either in the back or alert them inside. Right. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. So you, uh, you know, trying to get this open, it, it was a little wedged into place. And as you're trying to do it, the window cracks and uh, a big piece of it falls out of, out of place and crashes to the inside. Now, from the inside, this is pretty muffled, although you hear it <laughs> and you're pretty sure he'd... He does too, but if you have some idea, <laughs> I, I, so we'll say this is like, you're like, well, I don't know if I need this, but thank you. And you're about ready to depart when that happens. All right. So, uh, 
oh man yeah i'll just try to oh man just kind of keep them distracted for a little bit like maybe i'll pick up that martian book again okay. or the one with the big women i'll be like oh hey i wouldn't expect this to be here my wife's been raving about these she keeps them by her nightstand what are they all about mr heckley all right yeah so he's kind of uh, like maybe a persuasion but the, or yeah a, you a, do you don't have fast talk don't say fast talk <laughs> yeah it's just such a quick moment we'll have to do charm I okay Ooh, nice. Okay, so yeah, he uh, he's like, well, I um, I have not read them myself, but a uh, few of my customers come in asking for them. Um, well, sorry, what was uh, I thought I heard something. Did you hear what? I haven't heard anything. <laughs> All right, so back out to Whitmire, you hear, you know, you kind of maybe freeze or something, and you're listening. Yeah, you don't hear anything happening though, so maybe it went unnoticed. Okay, so yeah, I'll, uh... uh I, I doubt this is a part of town where anything un, <laughs> unwanted could happen. <laughs> I'll, uh, from around here, are you? <laughs> go ahead and, and, I guess, like, uh, yeah, just finish opening the window at this point. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen, but I, I gotta get in there. Because what's in there when I get, do get it open? What's the room look like? So it looks like it's um mostly, once you punch a hole in that paper... It looks like a mostly empty room, although there is sort of like an old corner table that's been put in the center, and on top of that, uh, there is like a chest. But the chest looks like it's raised off the table a little bit. You just can't see what's under it from your angle. But other than that, there's nothing else in the room. All right. Well, in through the window. Okay. So you land on your feet when you vault through that open window. And as you do so, give me a luck roll. Uh-oh. Nice. <laughs> For those that are listening, that, that is the sound of an evil game master laugh. <laughs> because he failed his luck roll. John, I'm sorry, man. I've already used my just one more thing. I can't, I can't do it a second time. It's like saying goodbye and then encountering them again on the way out the door. <laughs> it was a very good sinister laugh there, Travis. I, I'll give you that. You're not even sure how it happened. In fact, you, you can't even really piece it back together in your mind, so I'll be a little bit vague about it. But So you land on your feet, you stand up straight, you go brushing the dust off your body, and then all of a sudden you're startled because... It just sounds like your gun went off in the room. Like there's a sudden loud discharge from a weapon. And when you look around, you're pretty sure it's yours. Although it didn't hit you or anything luckily like that, but you see the smoke twirling up from the, the bear. How do you keep it? I suppose I should figure I, that out first. Uh, I, I had a uh, shoulder. Is it underarm? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you have a hole in your jacket then when you go and you're like looking at it and you see the... Which one is it? Is it his revolver? He was carrying yeah, his revolver. Yeah. He, you might be able to get a... Well, if it's a leather holster, he it might have survived it, but the yeah. cylinder gap? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. But um, yeah. So, and you got, there's no getting around that. So you're like, well, thanks for the information on those or that whatever. gunshot goes off. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, I heard that. Right. And I'll <laughs> grab my gun and I'll start heading back there. I was like, yeah. you, you stay back, Mr. Hickley. Yeah. I'll. Oh uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah, he stays behind you as you head back that way. What's your move from that point with my. Uh, I'm just going to grab the shit and, or grab it and jump out the window. All right. So you got a chest. 
small chest. You could grab it. When you pick it up, you see it was sitting on top of a book. The chest is pretty heavy. It was sitting on top of a book. I'll give you a moment to make a decision there. Mm-hmm. So chest that was sitting on top of the, a book. Um, can I do... Uh, it's almost like how you know you might sit something on like a soft cover book to flatten down the cover again, right? Or if you were going to press something in a book, you'd put something heavy on it. Would a like, education, a library, or a mythos potentially help them in well, making a split decision? Or Spot hidden and you can read the, the title. We'll say hard given the time frame you're working on. Uh, can I grab both? Yeah. Yeah, just definitely. grab both and go. But it's going to make it hard to get out the window with your hands full. So yeah, I'm we'll do, just going to uh, toss them out the window and jump out myself. Okay, gotcha. All right, yeah, so you... Somewhere Monroe screams. <laughs> <laughs> There's a disturbance in the occult. <laughs> so you toss them out the window and then pick them up and start booking it down the alley. And by then, um, you think you've you think the shot came from the room that said no knives, no blades, right? Or no, no blades, no guns. And uh, yeah... So you're at that door, basically. Yeah, I'll uh, fling open the door, and I don't know how like advanced like covering or like going into a room yeah. is in this era. So yeah, I'll just you know open the door as wide as I can, point my gun in, and start looking around. Yeah. So you see that window that had been open, the broken glass on the floor, and uh, you hear footsteps from the retreating Whitmire. Yeah, I'll rush over to the window, yeah. look out. <laughs> so you probably spot him just as he's disappearing onto the street right yeah Uh, so i'll turn around to heckley and i'll be like looks like i'm not the only one after the book apparently all right i guess you don't have to lie you guys didn't set it up ahead of time so (laughs) well but he kind of he kind of looking at you a little like uh suspiciously but then he he's he says nothing all right back in the widner library in the stacks monroe you have a similar memory of a few months past and all of the weight that goes with that of serpent people and zagua but it's just a memory or at least that's what you want to tell yourself perhaps but yes the good dr andrew has gotten you down to where you need to be uh you have already attempted finding the day vermis mysterious via the librarians which means if you're to attempt it further it is technically a push. Of course, there are other interesting books here. You could just browse around. Hmm. And she may very well be telling the truth. So, <laughs> I've been down here a couple times. Yeah, you don't remember seeing it when you were down here. Yeah, but were like the can I lessen the section that I'm searching for? Yeah. Uh, by knowing where the other cult yeah. materials are, so. you remember well where you found your copy of the Liber Ivanus. Okay. Which was in roughly the same section, just if you remember, it had been, bindings had been switched, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it is a pretty large, it's almost like a wing, you would think, for occult writings. Okay. How's your spot? <laughs> he is good. a doctor. So I'll have him take a look for any books that have had their bindings changed, because I'll, I'll tell him that uh, when we were down here last time, one of the rare tomes had actually been switched out, like yeah. the binding had been switched out. Well, I actually look for it in normal library use. What was it? It was 
switched out by where Merriweather or an associate was, for Merriweather or something? Yeah, I think it was Merriweather himself. He changed out for like what the Grand Grimoire or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's the the what's the goal then? You're both going to take a shot at finding the De Vermis mysterious if they have it. Yeah, I'll I'll look for it legitimately using standard okay. catalog and that kind of stuff, library use, and uh, have him try and keep an eye out for any books that look like they've been tampered with or, or uh, changed, changed in, in the area of the where the other occult books have been okay so i must reiterate that in our last session you had a luck roll to see if by chance they had it which failed yeah which means this would be a pushed attempt even though you're using use library you can push to a different skill if it makes sense and brandon with dr andrews was just down here and he failed his spot, spot hidden okay so the push will be that we're in like a specific section using it, using areas yeah. where we had found where I right. had seen things before. And um, you know, Johan whispered constantly about them hiding <laughs> yeah. books from him. And yeah. in a meta sense, you know, Johan had found, which he subsequently almost destroyed by spilling his coffee <laughs> amongst <laughs> all the index cards. But he had found that, that they sent him to, uh, Miskatonic Library, that's where he ended up stealing the copy. Right. Yeah. You're just not, Monroe isn't necessarily aware of all that. But anyhow, okay. So, and also this is a, it was a hard check. So it's a hard push this time. Yes. Don't Are ever push sure? too hard, guys. Yeah. I, <laughs> that, that will I think we're already gone too far to turn back. <laughs> ah, yes. So. Okay. Push, push. <laughs> I, mm. I, yeah, I, I've never had enough luck to, yeah, that'd be 45. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I completely failed that one. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, using standard methods, I have no hope. I got a hard success. Congratulations. So, um, you're looking through, you know, it told you to look for bindings and such, right? And while that trick isn't used again, you do see something that catches your eye. Now they have that decimal system that you'll see down there when you're looking at things. And Mm so you're going through a section and in conjunction with that decimal system, you could report back to Monroe and you'll be like, well, Hey, if what you're telling me is true, then the De Vermis Mysterious, if it's held here, should be in this section. Here's the decimal range for which you could find this book. Why don't you take a crack at it, Monroe? Mm -hmm. And you do. Now, of course, you failed your push rule. Mm-hmm. But with his help, you do find it. The title is just a little messed up. It's like they, somebody didn't scribe it down wrong. Mm. So you, you realize like it, like they just wrote De Vermis, right? And it's with a U instead of the how it's appropriately spelled. So you're like, you wonder if that's it. However, it was missing on the, sh- you know, <clears throat> if you go back and check at that point, it is missing on the shelf. It's not where it's supposed to be. And the, okay. the, the, as far as you get, it's not like they have a computerized system you can, so you can see what its status is. Yeah. But you know they have an index card that records it under the title De Vermis, uh, spelled wrong, but it's not on the shelf. Okay. Uh, so is it like where the old days where that index card the, would have the name of the person that checked it out? It would be in the in the book itself, mm. right? And... Mm. and uh, and they would have a copy of it probably up there, but it's just paper records. Yeah. Right? Like whereas now we'd get on their database and you could see all the information they have on it. But in our old days, you know, they would have that little sleeve. Yeah. It's something we'll say kind of like that that keeps the uh, checkout information. 
but you don't have the book or the sleeve, so you would have to have access to you know their paper database to see who had checked it out. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, we've run into a bit of a brick wall. Uh, perhaps you can use your good graces with the librarian to ask about who may have checked it out last. Could try. In the meantime, I don't want to get you in trouble, so I should probably... <laughs> Scamper. Yeah. <clears throat> I should probably leave the restricted section and get back to my translations. <laughs> so you can write down the information that's on the index card, which is the title of the book, the author, if it's known, the date published, or the editions, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, the, the rough subject matter of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, take that up to her and okay. ask her about it. Yeah, I'll do that. As I'm sneaking out, I'll take off my coat and turn it inside out, so right. I look a little bit more normal. <laughs> so it's what because you had a bright color on the inside, was it purple had, uh, or something? No, like I had like royal a, purple. <laughs> um, yeah, on the inside of the coat, yeah, yeah, but yeah, then I'm wearing just like right. a. Well, we'll say you make it best. out without too much of a problem, and you get back to your translations. Meanwhile, Doctor Andrews goes up to talk to uh, Caitlin, Miss Fisher again. And he has this information he's jotted down on a notepad. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you said it wasn't there? Right. Yeah, the spot was empty. Probably checked out then. I can uh, tell you when it's expected back. Yes, that would be wonderful. So she disappears for a little while and starts, you know, they got those little drawers. She's going through her fingers, you know, filing through them. And she pulls up a card and puts it back, and she comes back, and she's like, so it's actually past due. It should have been returned months ago, in fact. So. Ah, dear, somebody must have forgotten about it. That must be annoying for a librarian. It happens. Mm. Well, uh, maybe I could Some... find, find the person who has it and just give them a reminder that other people need to use public resources. Oh, you know. well, that would be nice of you. Well, let me let me go look again. I'll get uh, the person's name, and um, if you can tell him, he needs to return it. Yes, of course. And he has accrued a five dollar late uh, fee from at this time. So yeah. tell him that that will need to be paid. So yeah, she gives you a name. Was Dennis Clark? Dennis Clark. Okay. And I assume since he checked it out, he must have been a student here. As if you're not a student, you can't leave the library with the books right yeah okay but beyond that i don't i don't really have any other information well miss fisher you've yep. been a tremendous help to me thank you very much you're welcome have a nice day sir no you have a nice day battle of wills power versus power <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah uh you're monroe you're tied up with the translation for until the library closes, basically, if you want to count your day. Although I think we're technically yeah. Friday and not Saturday. I think I got mixed up last time because I think the will reading was on Thursday and we're on the day after. So it should be Friday. So they are open a bit later. Okay. But yeah, you, if you if you keep going until dinner time, then that counts as your first day of translation work. Yeah, I'll continue you, on that. Okay. And then what would you like to do from that point, Andrews? Yeah, so how long will that be? Well, that you'll be working on that? Three days. Well, then I'll... And what time of day is it now? You guys are like mid-afternoon. The library will probably kick you out in two or three hours. Well, I mean, I guess next I'll probably head to uh, some administration. some Someone who can point me to where I'll find Dennis Clark. Oh, okay. Since he's going to be busy with that, then I might as well see if I can track that guy down. All right. 
So you go back to the administration building and you're looking, you know, to talk about a student that attends there or had attended there by the name of Dennis Clark. One moment here. I think you're going to pass all these NPC disposition rules because you have a 60 appearance and a 90 credit rating. Okay, so you have a young man there with a thick, like some very thick lenses on his glasses. And, uh, you know, the kind that kind of give that enhancing effect where it makes their eyes look like two boiled eggs when he looks up at you. Uh, but he's just like, yes, you waited in a short line. Okay. Um, hello, I am Dr. Andrews. I would, uh, and I'm looking for uh, a student here, a Dennis Clark. Uh, I'm looking uh, because he's got an overdue library book are you a library police <laughs> and i'm sure you understand that at this institution that is no joking matter so five dollars already i need to find him uh, at the behest of head librarian miss fisher uh so i can ask him about returning that book and uh, he checked it out last so i need you to point me towards his dormitory if you please oh Yes, certainly. So he starts looking through his files. He gets up from his chair, goes back there, and then he comes down and he has like a little file and he's like, uh, yes, Dennis Clark. Um, uh, he hasn't, you know, registered for fall semester, which is odd because it was only his sophomore year here. But here is the address. He wasn't in a dorm. He lived in the Cambridge neighborhood in some apartments right here. And he gives you you know, the street address of those apartments. Okay. Like how it's almost a jump scare presentation, <laughs> though. Right here. <laughs> you get the piano, the sudden piano music. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so you have that address. Uh, Dennis Clark, uh, Cambridge address, which isn't too far. That's the same uh, area of Massachusetts in which Harvard is. Yeah. And you say he didn't sign up for the fall semester? No. Uh, he looks like he was signed up last year, but he hasn't mm. gotten all his affairs in order. Well, if that young man thinks that no longer being a student of this institution means he can keep that library book, he's got another think coming. He's going to catch these daddles, and I'll put up my fists, and then I'll leave. <laughs> he jots down on a piece of paper. Do not check books out from the Windsor Library. <laughs> I pictured uh, they take it very seriously. Yeah, I pictured Andrews uh, smacking a billy club yeah, into yeah. his opposite hand. Why don't you just jump them in the time flow a little I know, bit? Yeah. <laughs> now you're slow. Right. <laughs> okay. So yeah, um, uh, you got that information. Um, what do you want to do from that point? Uh, yeah, I'll go check in with Monroe then and let him know what I'm going to be doing. Um, uh, you know, based on the address, a pretty good knowledge of this area should know how long it should take me to go check on this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, if you walked it, you could, you know, probably be over there within the hour. Yeah. So, you know, I'll go let Monroe know. I'm going to go check on the kid who checked this book out last. His address is nearby. If you wait mm -hmm. a couple hours Monroe will be at a point where he thinks he has the work in for today he needs to. Okay. Also, you are starting to get hungry. Yeah. Just as an aside. 
All right. Yeah. See? So we'll wait. We'll get some food and then we can go together and uh, to this Dennis Clark's address and see okay. if he's got the book. In the meantime, if you'd like to uh, read this book that I got from Orion's about gin, it might have uh, some information in it that could be pertinent to our okay. uh, current dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. I can do that. All right. So let's bounce back over to the New York crew. Whitmire, you ran down that alley, you disappeared around the corner, and you have a very, very terrible feeling that descends on you. You've had it before when it feels like you're about to get nabbed or something like that, but you can't shake it. And in a meta sense, just so you know, at this point, you can't use the optional luck rule for an unknown reason. Hmm. Um, I'm sorry, can't use the optional what rule? The the luck rule where you spend luck. Oh, uh, okay. So just so you know, like you, you won't be able to apply that. Uh, but that in in game terms, that just feels like this bad feeling you have. You know, like uh, you're gonna run around into a street a full of wrong. cops or something yeah. like that. A whole parade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, you, you know, the it makes you anxious, so you're missing things. As you're kind of slowing down now, you figure an old bookkeeper's not gonna be able to keep with, up with you at this point but you're you know you're just missing obvious things you know almost running into people or tripping over stuff and you got that bad feeling that's uh how i imagine most smash and grab operations go <laughs> mm-hmm. right I mean, but uh yeah and is there so i imagine this obvious this uh book and this chest are pretty obvious so um I probably won't be going back around to the front of the bookstore unless I can. I know a place that I can stash it real quick. Um, yeah, you could give me a, a stealth or navigate, whichever you want to try. Because you have a few places you hold booze here before you can make deliveries, or your crew does anyways. All right, do navigate. Exceeded yeah. extremely. Mm. Well done. Yeah, today seems all or nothing with our rules. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it definitely both objects you want to get somewhere quick because the book is over 700 pages long. Nah. It's quite a big tome. On on <laughs> older paper, it might right. be kind of thick. To, you know. Okay, so yeah, you got a spot that one of your... You don't have any of your crew there, but you have a watcher that you pay off who just sees who, who goes in and out of the building where it is, but you've just rented a small, you know, flat... And sometimes you store stuff in there that you can make out easily out the back way once you have to make deliveries to the gin joints at night. And that place will be as good as any, you think. Okay. Not uh, too far from where you are. So I'll head head over that way and uh, go and stash it. And after that, then I'll try to, to make my way back towards the uh, entry of that or the front of the um, bookstore, see if. If uh, Glover is still over there. Yeah, so last we left off with Glover, he was kind of getting the old stink eye from Tobias Heckley. And he's like, uh, I just got to ask, you didn't have nothing to do with that, did you? I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't have a dang thing to do with that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in here with you trying to get through the door in a more favorable manner. Fair point. Neighborhood's going to hell. I said, uh, I got some friends at the department. I'll report this. I'll make sure you're taken care of and that your books were covered, sir. Well, that's the book you were looking for. Uh, the one just went out the window. So this uh, 
Bokora? Did it leave the room with it? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> the the uh, evil, malevolent aura that was accompanying the book. Is it out of the room too now? Do I got to be careful? I'd say so. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, I'll make sure you're taken care of, sir. Well, I appreciate the help. I just wonder if this is a possible suspect in my case. <laughs> Could so. be. A lot of bad juju around that book. Oh. Anyway, I'll shake his hand again. And I'll promise him again, you know. Yeah, and he gives you a um, a card. It's not pristine. It's bent at the corners. Like maybe he might be the type of guy who gets cards back from people, his mm. own cards. But yeah, he gives it to you. And he's like, if you need anything else in the future. Why, well, I'm pretty sure I got a buddy of mine who will be just, just proper happy that you got a bookstore like this. Anyway. Once again, sir, I apologize for any time I wasted for you. Uh, and I'll walk out, light my cigar. And uh, if Whitmire's out by the corner, I'll walk past him. <laughs> At that stage, Whitmire's, you know, stuffing it to his place to stash it. So you're just on the street corner wondering where that boy might have got. I think I know where that boy kind of got <laughs> off to. Yeah, I'll uh, kind of walk. He seems to be able to spot me pretty good. So I'll walk a little ways from the bookstore, maybe a block or two. Okay. Kind of find uh, some place to hang out. Hope he uh, maybe keep an eye out for him. Yeah. So you uh, you get that sense of being an outsider, mm-hmm. right? When you're in a, a, a part of town that, or in a small town, any place where they don't see a lot of outsiders. And the reason they don't see a lot of outsiders in Harlem, except at night, is because, you know, they have some some ethnic conclaves here for different groups, you know. So you get that sense just standing out that you stick out like a sore thumb, right, yeah. you know. <laughs> and you got people just kind of passing in groups sort of openly glaring at you. Not hostile, right, but yeah, like they're this? wondering what you're yeah. going to do, yeah, uh, so basically. I guess I'll stop by like a, either a, a sidewalk, uh, like, I don't know if, if they got them even at this point in time. They got to have something, right? Like a street food vendor or a... Selling lobster rolls. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, but we also got, uh, I don't know, maybe a bodega sandwich shop. Yeah, or something, you, huh? you yeah. got plenty of places you could duck into and make it more official by buying something. Yeah, I'll just try to be my charming self. Yeah. yeah. So, Whitmire, when you finally make it back to that part of town, you you don't see him out front of the establishment anymore and um i won't hold it up by trying to find him it's you find him eventually in just a little corner store you know uh, eating a sandwich there right at the window i'll right? order one for him he'll yeah. be sitting on the <laughs> got you a lobster roll. yeah i'll uh if i walk by and i see him i'll i'll head in there and sit down next to him yeah yeah and uh so yeah same thing yep there you guys are no, I was going to say, is, uh, well, it didn't quite go as expected, but uh, I'll look at that sand- that uh, second sandwich be like, is that uh, for me? Yeah, it's for you. I'll, I'll thank him and start eating it. <laughs> it's pretty good. This is a, There's still a pretty big Jewish population, so it's like a Jewish deli. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good sandwich. Sorry, they didn't have any ham for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this will do nicely. As, uh, well, kosher meat is good. Mm-hmm. I, as I'm sure you've you've probably 
guest being a detective <laughs> and all, I've found the book. Yeah, yeah, it's not hard. You don't even need to be a detective to guess that. <laughs> when a gunshot rings out out of nowhere. Where'd you stash it, Whitmire? <laughs> damnedest thing is I, I don't know why it went off. So where'd you stash it? As, uh, I got a place a little ways down from here. As that's right. where it's at right now. Well, I promised him that I'd find that book, so what we're going to do is we're going to head back to the train station. You're going to grab that book, and we're going to make use of it as quick as possible. I think I might be able to talk someone into getting it back to him. Oh, I definitely don't want to keep that thing. Uh, no. I haven't had a good feeling ever since I I ended up taking it. No. Yeah, usually what happens is you you lift something... You get it stored proper, and the feeling starts to abate. It usually doesn't go away until you've had a few nights rest, but you're not feeling any of that lessening yet. It's kind of funny. He was telling me a big old long tale. I'll hold up the journal. Right. You know, I'll start kind of like reading through the list of names. You know, it's like, apparently he says everyone that touched that book met with an unfortunate ending. Yeah, you know, someone here walked into a door. Someone here lit themselves on fire. I'll just kind of run through them for them. <laughs> yeah, so there's some odd ones, you know, like a guy go, uh, or a, a woman getting... Uh, the Murphy bed's the bed that goes up into the wall, right? Mm -hmm. So she got closed up in that and died in there. <laughs> so so some unlikely ones, somebody bumping their head on the lintel of a door, biting their tongue and getting an infection, although infection's not unlikely, but... That said, I wouldn't be too displeased if that was to occur to Monroe. Maybe not the dying part, but boy, he sure does like to talk, doesn't he? Yeah, was, uh, maybe, I don't know if we should even take this thing on a train. Like, a, a, Hearing of all these uh, small random accidents, uh, I see the potential for some bad situations. Uh, maybe, Surely you don't believe. You don't Maybe believe we all get this. It shipped over to it, and a bunch of coincidences, Whitmire. Uh, besides, you already touched the book, <laughs> so I think who better to carry it than you? As I'll, uh, I'll just stare into the glass <laughs> in front of us. <laughs> bunch of coincidences, huh? <laughs> Have you ever seen a god in in every reflection <laughs> chasing you? <laughs> Can't say I have. <laughs> Well, then, uh, right, if we're going to do at the this, train station. Yeah, we're, <laughs> l let's get this over with quick, then. I don't want him seeing us together. Can't believe you put me in that spot. Ah, was, you're yeah. a real stinker, ain't you, Whitmire? <laughs> don't worry, you <laughs> made a, a real good front man. Yeah, maybe next time I get to be in on the, the gag. Oh, by the way. Thanks. And I'll leave him with the bill. <laughs> and I'll thank the, the waitress, you know, point to him. Uh, make sure she knows he's got it. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty fair. A fair turn. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll uh, catch a cab to the train station. Okay. Uh, purchase some tickets. So Whitmire, what's the transport for, of this going to be? Well, first well, I should say... When you do go to retrieve it, if you look in the chest, what you have in there is just some heavy objects. So there's like a, a couple of hammers and a big a big wrench, right, mm. just to put weight in the chest. So nothing really of value there. Well, I, I would say 
I, I should probably put it in the chest unless I've got something else that's, uh, I don't know what the chest actually looks like, if it's just plain or not, but, uh... Yeah, it's pretty nondescript. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll um, take those out and put the book inside of it, um, and then take it with me. Okay. Catch a cab or, you know, get a ride from somebody. Cause I, I probably don't want to put any of my my crew at risk of whatever this thing is, so a cab would be probably preferred. Right. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna you just have that... 38, though, uh, <laughs> in, in there, and I'll, I'll tell someone to go pick it up later. Right. So, yeah, despite the feeling never uh, really baiting, even by the time you get on the train, you do make it there intact, and uh, you're on the train and in your seat, Opposite Detective Glover, just waiting to get back to Boston. Yeah, I'll be reading a paper and smoking my cigar. I'll kind of bend one of the corners down when he sits down, make right. sure it's him. <laughs> I'll, uh, okay, go ahead. I'll have to forgo the cigarette after hearing the story because I don't want to <laughs> light myself on fire. You look pale as a sheet, Whitmire. <laughs> you need to learn how to relax. Lead you to an early grave, I hear. But. What do doctors know? And I'll blow out a big plume of cigar smoke and go back to <laughs> chawing on it. All right, so waiting for Monroe to finish up his translations, we get to that point, and you guys go off to get something to eat. And as you often do, you you know stop in and check for any messages that came in throughout the day because you have like Lamar and whatnot sent off. But Dr. Yeah. Andrews, you actually have a message from Dr. Call. Mm. Inviting you to dinner at the Hermetic Order of the Silver Toilet, hmm. if you're free. You can you hear his voice when you read the message, even though it's devoid of any character, really, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Mm -hmm. he, he does mention something about an interesting offer has come to his attention. Okay. <clears throat> When's your guys' dinner with uh, Mrs. Merriweather? Well, Not for, what, four more days? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And... We got that message where? You either stop in at like a post okay. office or something like that. Yeah. Ask if there's any messages for, you know, they, they'll hold stuff for you. Or maybe your residence, wherever you had predetermined that you would have messages sent to as you do through your daily life. Okay. Well, we should be able to go check out this guy and then still get there in time for dinner, right? Depends. Yeah, depending on what happens. Am yeah. I able to send a telegram over to Monroe's shop that just says that uh, we were successful and we need to meet him there, and I'll give him an estimated time of when our train is supposed to arrive and whatever normal time it was, should take us to get there from the station? Yeah, so you would get that message when you check your messages. Okay. Uh, basically, they they would come back on the last train in. So it'd be around eight. Any warning for him? <laughs> yeah, what does it read? <laughs> uh, it just says, have book Got it. meet at your shop and then a time. The very uh, short message. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I'll uh, take that with, with me to Dr. Andrews when we meet up. Uh, the last train means that we would still have time to go check on the person yeah, who had the other have dinner book and checked check out. On so, yeah. Whichever order you want to do it. Yeah, we can... See if this other book is perhaps uh, another copy. Why have one when you can have two? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, better safe than sorry. All right, so into the Cambridge neighborhood, which is quite swanky, lots of nice houses. And when you get to where they have the apartments, they're also nice. So whoever this kid is, you know, comes from money, like much of the Harvard student body does in this time particularly. But you're standing before it, and by apartment, he pretty much has like a whole section of building to himself. Yeah, a whole townhouse or whatever. Right. But you do see something interesting uh, when you locate the front door to it. You do see a notice fastened to the door there from the street. All right. Let me go take a look at that note. And it's uh, an eviction notice. I see. And I'll point, show it to Monroe and say, someone's being evicted. And uh, let me look around. Do I see, like, any any other signs that, that maybe no one's been here in a while? Is there, like, dust or mail piled up or, you Newspapers know, on the front Newspapers, porch. whatever, that sort of thing. Right, yeah. There's, like, a letter slot, and you can see the newspapers for a while, although somebody must... You can see, like, a week's worth of newspapers, right? Okay. Down at the foot of the door. And both of you can give me a spot hidden roll. This would be a hard spot hidden. Come on, I want one success this this game session. Close. You always luck it. Yeah, it's just a little too much luck. <laughs> just a little too much. Man, this book, if we bring it anywhere within arms for the length of you guys, <laughs> is just going to decimate you. Yeah. Failure. So this was, we're looking through the mail slot or something? Yeah, you kind of looked in there. You don't see any lights. You don't see any lights in the windows. Uh, you do see, if you wanted to push that spot hidden, there's like a an iron um, fence around the yard that is in front of some of the windows. You, you kind of see where the curtain parts a little bit at one point, but you'd have to get over this iron fence to, uh, to get a better look. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Um, what a climb or something yeah i'll try knocking on the door okay yeah you're not getting any response at least from you're not hearing any movement when you prick your ears to listen but okay i'll I'll keep an eye out for like neighbors leaving their house or anything like that that i might right. be able to question because i'm a charismatic person that can get information <laughs> that way yeah maybe i better not climb <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at it. You go to think about it, and you're so, like, "Yeah, yeah." It's one of those things where, when you get up close to it, you realize, "Oh, I haven't done anything like this yeah. in a little while." Yeah. So, was, and those are points on the top of the yeah. the, the iron fence there. Yeah, it was like uh, going over those rocks when we went fishing. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh man, like young me might not break everything in my body if I slip." Right. <laughs> well, so, give me a uh, Monroe. Do you got any experience picking locks? I know of what the do practice. you think I do? <laughs> That's Whitmire's department. I know. I was just checking. <laughs> no. You can give me a luck row, Monroe, to see if any of the neighbors come out. All right. No. Oh, that's a hard luck roll, but still a failure. Yeah, so nobody comes out of the uh, neighboring apartments. There are some cars going by on the road. If you okay. if you want to flag somebody who's driving through the neighborhood down. No, but I will check the door to see if it's unlocked. It it is locked. Okay. Uh maybe uh, maybe check the back? Yeah, I wanna you know, check around the perimeter and see if there's another way that I can see to, you know, get up to the house or Okay, so when you like get around door. the back, uh the fence gets up close to the side of the apartment and it, it runs up a few feet higher. 
and uh, it has a, a privacy screen within it that keeps you from looking into the backyard. I mean, you still can when you get up close. And so you see like some patio type furniture out there on uh, uh, like a cobblestone, not a deck exactly, but they have part of the yard that's cobblestone with some patio furniture. And uh, there's a like an umbrella type thing sitting out the top of it. But uh, you, you can't really make anything else that, other than that there's a door if you can get beyond the, the fence, which does have a gate in it. Yeah, let me check that gate and see, like, you know, what kind of latch it has. Is this, like, is this is an iron fence? Yeah. It, yeah. It's a latch that you could manipulate. You can reach through a part of it, and you could open it if you wanted without a check. It doesn't open, like, automatically. Right. It just has some clasp that comes down to keep it from opening on its own. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to take a look around and make sure that, like, nobody's, like, watching <laughs> me. But and then I'll unlatch it and... Give me a look roll, Dr. Andrews. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you are thinking it's running through your head. Somebody could be breaking and entering at that point. Oh. (laughs) So close. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So, So, yeah, you're about to do that. And, uh,. (laughs) Like three people poke their heads up. No, no, but it's because it's a fumble and. (laughs) <laughs> a failed luck roll, but yeah. <laughs> but basically, bef- you know, before you can really react, Monroe, you hear the clop of footfalls, and then you you turn around, and you just see a police, o- police officer standing there. He's like, hey, what are you guys doing here? You live here? No, we're concerned about a fellow student. And your hand is like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a private detective and looking for a student. Apparently uh, this student's been missing for several months, or at least hasn't been responding. He's got an eviction notice on his front door. He's got several books checked out from the library that are overdue, and he hasn't registered for fall classes. So uh, we came to make sure that he was all right. Nothing untowards has happened. Uh, We got no response from the front door, so (laughs) we came around to see. (laughs) So yeah, he's he's giving you a hard look and waiting for you to finish, but you can go ahead. I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) You can go ahead and put out a social role here to see how he he sells um, it, but not persuade. Time is of the essence. Charm. Yeah, appearance. Uh, what are the other ones? Uh, credit. You better do the appearance check because yeah, <laughs> credit rating and charm. <laughs> that look on your face, man. Charm is really the <laughs> only other one I've got besides persuade. Oh, Brandon's got what you need when it comes to dealing with uh, government. <laughs> no, that's the credit rating helps with their impression. So obviously, that it is a favorable one. He doesn't think you're just in here like nice, awesome, oh nice, nice. <laughs> charmed him. Check that charm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All so right. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. I just saw you. Um, the other gentleman over there looked like he was about to break and enter, and I, I probably missaw it. So sure. well, sir. You guys are hired by the family. I take it. Well, no, but we have been asked by the college to uh, see if we can recover some of the books, and once we started looking into it, we became concerned for the boys' well-being and. You know, um, if we found anything here, we would, of course, have reported it to the police. I mean, we are law-abiding citizens. He himself is, uh, as he mentioned, a private detective that has been... Um, licensed. Yeah, is licensed. And, uh, yeah, we're just checking to make sure nothing untoward has happened to the, to the young man. And I assume since you're back here looking around, you uh, got no answer at the door? Yeah, I got yeah. no answer at the door. Um, officer, if, if you would... Uh, 
oblige us with a, a probable cause for entering the premises and might be able to make sure that nothing bad has happened to the boy in his own premise. We were hoping that he might, you know, respond to the back door since the front door has an eviction <laughs> notice. And yeah, I'm just going to keep going and going and going. Okay. Well, why don't you think about it for a minute and see what the probable cause is? Because I sure don't. And I got to make a report on that. Well, this young man is a, a Harvard student. Who no, uh, has not returned a book. Who's not? Yes, has not returned a book. He's got an eviction notice. He hasn't signed up for fall classes, but he is midway through his uh, career as a student. So it, it seems, especially with a, a domicile like this, that it seems unlikely that he would just randomly decide to abandon all of his endeavors so far. And do you know what probable cause is, sir? Can't I, say that I do. I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm afraid I, I I don't know exactly. Um, what it is, but yes, we are concerned for the boy's well-being, make sure that uh, nothing has happened to him. I can't see into that house. Just you two on the street. Yes. I I can't get you in there. Well, could you at least walk us up to the back door and knock and see if anyone has entered? If if you're worried about us breaking and entering into the house itself, then by all means, please accompany us. We're just trying to find what happened to this young man. Break and enter with us. (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't get an answer at the front door, why are you going to get an answer at the back door? Well, you know, if the boy is in some sort of trouble and doesn't want... Fine. Fine. We'll knock, we leave, and then you guys are out of here, okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Of course. And if you talk again, I'll shoot you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So he's like, carry on, and he's motioning to you, uh, Dr. Andrews. Yes, I'm not going to open course. that gate for you. No, I, <laughs> let's knock on the front door. We want to knock on the back door. It's not illegal to enter onto the premises through the yeah. back gate. Yeah, make okay. it quick. All right, I'll open the gate. <laughs> he slaps <laughs> some cuffs. <laughs> How did you do that so fast? <laughs> Begins beating you with a sap. Well, yeah, he stays out there on the the street corner. Is it just you going up, or are you both? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll I'll walk up along with, with him. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you could it'll afford you another spot hidden roll just at the regular level at this point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Nice. Put your marks down. All right, Doctor Andrews, you're very familiar with the smell, the odor that you catch as you get close to this back door. There's a corpse inside that house. Uh, officer. That additionally comes with a sanity roll for you because it smells like tainted meat, like fat worms. Below a pyramid. Mm. Officer, oh. I have your probable cause. You only lose a point. For some reason, I'm picturing that like uh, John Doe from Seven. Officer? Yeah. Officer! But with uh, with the point comes an involuntary action. Do you want to think of one, or shall I consult the random table? Oh, he farts loudly. <laughs> Fits right it's in. It's a Stephen King one, right? Yeah. I've <laughs> been holding that in. So. I could just vomit. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Like yeah, like, like, like we get up there and then, yeah, I, I smell that and, yeah, just my stomach turns yeah. and I just turn and, and vomit on yeah. into the That was your flower. classic response beneath the pyramid is yeah. intermittent vomiting keeps you thin. But yeah, so you there's some bushes uh, that are set on the side of this cobblestone walk up to the door and you just vomit into those. Yeah. So as he's, he's saying that the police officer, he's probably looking through and all of a sudden, like I just turn and run and yeah. start throwing up. So yeah, it was just one point lost. And then you're, you spend the next little bit sort of emptying your stomach there and you call for this. Yeah. I'll off. pull out my 
handkerchief and hand it to Monroe, and yeah. I'll say, Officer, I have your probable cause. What is it? What do you got? Uh, there's a dead body on the other side of this door. What are you talking about? So he walks up there, and he recognizes it mm-hmm. as well. I knew you would. Yeah. And he's like, all right, you two hang right here. I'm going to go radio this in, wire it in. Sorry, not radio yet, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. at least not for them, not in their cars. Yeah, I'm going to go wire it in. You guys keep an eye on the house for me? Yes. I'll make sure nobody comes or goes. Okay. So, yeah, he goes running off down the street. What do you two do in his absence? I'm going to continue vomiting. I want to check the door. It's unlocked. Yeah, I'm going to go in. We need to find that book and before they come back, because they're not going to let us tromp around in here when they get back. All right. Keep uh, an eye out and yeah. shout if you You do hear. know that we have a book inbound, too, though. So Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, there I'll, might be some other things about this connected to our investigation. Otherwise, yeah. Keeper wouldn't bring it up. So I'll beg off just a tiny <laughs> bit, and I'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll stand by the door and gather my uh, <laughs> my composure. Okay, so you just start getting a base level of dread as you go through because it gets stronger and stronger. Like once you open the door, it's like at a different level. Yeah, and then you kind of start sourcing it to a a, a room deeper within and the door is closed you're pretty sure it's there because if you go past it uh you think you're getting a break from it a little although it's hard to tell because once it's in your nose it's yeah you can't really Mm -hmm. get it out yeah but you think it's in this room and you know you're kind of right at the door the door is kind of like uh like an accordion sort of sliding one okay like you pull it and it'll just close up so but yeah it has a little brass area for you to put your fingers to work it what do you do? Yeah, well, uh, open it ever so slightly. Peek in. Peek in. <laughs> I was going to ask what the thing on fingerprinting was in this period, they but can do it. he yeah. wears gloves. so yeah, At least on his time hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so you slide that door so that it's open, and if possible, the smell is even stronger. You can give me a constitution rule to keep yourself from puking. Nice. Extreme success. Yes, you're familiar with it. I am a doctor. (laughs) Not some peasant. But yeah, so you see a shape sitting in a chair at like a study desk. Uh, He's slumped over the desk, but you can tell immediately that he's been dead for a while. He's kind of past, he's like in the putrefaction stage. He's even a little fuzzy, Mm. right? Uh, But he's like slumped one arm with, with the head in the crook of his arm and on the floor is a pretty interesting symbol carved there. It's more like a pentagram. You would call it, but that's what you see from the doorway, but I'll share what that would look like. That looks kind of familiar. Mm. That's the devil. Ah. Okay. So I want to edge my way into the room and sit, stare at that symbol long enough to commit it to memory. I'll do a deliberate blink <laughs> as if taking a picture. <laughs> Committed to memory. <laughs> yeah, and look around the rest of the room and see what else I see. Like, if I can tell just from here, like, how did he die? And, you know. You can't tell from here how he died. The rest of the room looks like the study for a college kid. So there's a lot of, you know books related to whatever he was studying in here um as well as like some toy uh wooden toy models that he works on in his spare timer Mm -hmm. uh but yeah from the door you can't tell 
and you see that symbol on the floor and it looks like there's a book on the desk open yeah like he's sort of curled around it all right so yeah i'll I'll go over to the to the desk then and see if i can tell what that book is if it's the one we're looking for it could be it's open to a page that has some scrawling you know uh spidery script on it you can pick out latin the problem with the page is there's a lot of blood on it uh soaked in that open spot of the book so yeah. you can't make out a title or at least from there not without moving something and what did the blood come from like now that i'm closer can i see what killed yeah, this his face is kind of concealed from you but when you kind of yeah get a better angle you can see there's just like nothing there like something that's took it out, out and it scooped it out yeah gross <laughs> can he tell like is the bone cleanly sheet like sh- right yeah so it's it- like his face were ice cream and they put a warm ice cream scoop into it it's uh, rotted a lot <laughs> but yeah you wouldn't yeah. you couldn't even begin to think of what could do that because other than that he appears to be unharmed now you kind of notice immediately with the way all this blood is on his desk that if you remove that book there's going to be a semi-clean spot where that book was just so you can think for what you might say in the future all right uh is there another book in here that is of generally the same size um yeah uh give me a hard dex roll we'll see if you can find one and you know you're starting to get frantic about the timing of things so you start looking on those shelves and we'll see if you move quick enough Mm. you do find one you're not sure if it's going to do, but it's the best you got, given the time that you have. Yeah. So you're either going to make the move or not. I'm going to swap them out. It's like Indiana Jones style. Yeah. Except uh, <laughs> you got to be careful, because most of the Golden Idol didn't come away with the book, if you're not <laughs> right. careful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you pick that other book up, uh, lay the other one as best you can, and it's real sloppy. You can see that immediately. Yeah. It might even be worse than having no book there because yeah. it also suddenly it's it doesn't it's not have blood on it or anything you know because how are you going to replicate old blood in this amount of time and the other book closes in your hand and it has a big thick part in the center where the pages are all drenched with blood right so it doesn't close cleanly anymore uh, but you can see this is the one this is the one we're looking for okay um all right so yeah i mean get back out on the street yeah can, right. is it like can this can this book be concealed like in yeah my and coat? the type of coats you wear yeah right. i mean it's thick and yeah if you got to do anything sudden it's going to be hard to keep it like where you conceal it best you know maybe underneath your your armpit or something yeah. right yeah beneath your coat you got suspenders <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so yeah i'll um i'll conceal it and then close the door the little sliding door, you know. <laughs> okay. And head back out. All right. So you're back out on the street um, with Monroe. Sorry, my <laughs> brain went blank there. And he's, you know, seems to have gotten a hold of himself. And uh, just in the nick of time, because, you know, this police officer comes hoofing back uh, with another cop that was nearby. And uh, they just ask you, if, you know, if anything had happened while they were gone. No, sir. But that sure is a bad smell. Yeah, I uh, left a little <laughs> pile of lunch uh, there. Uh, I'm afraid I'm not used to dealing with these kinds of situations. 
I thought at most we had a a delinquent on our hands. Okay, we're gonna um, we're gonna take a quick look inside. You guys just hang here for a little bit. I need to get who this person was from you before I let you go. Yeah. Um, Well, officer, I happen to be a doctor. If you want my expert opinion. I just had this vision of you. You're like, oh, this is all unfamiliar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I've never even been in a place like that. <laughs> uh, he's like, no, that won't be necessary. Uh, you just hang out here with your friend, and you know we'll get some statements from you here in a minute. So, yeah, that they go inside, and you hear some exclamations, and, and one of the other, the other cop who was a bit younger than him <coughs> comes out and... Adds to the pile. Adds to Monroe's pile. Uh, so, yeah, you see, it's horrifying, <laughs> isn't it? That smell. Yeah. But um, so they look, you know, through everything and he comes back out and, you know, they get the process in order to get the coroner or whoever they need to come down and, and the detectives. And then they ask you guys a few questions. And uh, just both of you give me a power roll. Um Given what you had done, yours will be... Oh, they'll both be normal. Both normal power. Nice. Success. Monroe never loses. He always keeps it together except for throwing up. Mm-hmm. Well, I get my... I I'm fool people just by talking <laughs> yeah. so much that they can't, you know, piece anything together that I say. Yeah, normally, you know, having some knowledge that you're keeping hidden, it's hard to keep your cool... But both of you do, you know, and they let you go. And if they had any suspicions about you going into the house, you're not aware of it, Dr. Andrews. So uh, you're free to go if they have any questions. You know, they get your information where you guys live, that sort of thing. Okay. So where do you go from there? Yeah, back to town, right? We're going to, I've got a, you said you had a message from Whitmire. Yeah, they're, they'll be meeting at our, at my shop or at my uh, museum. Okay. I forgot to give the police officers a flyer. <laughs> You're slipping. Should have, I'm should have slipping. left it in the room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excuse me, officers. I know that you are busy currently investigating this horrible, horrible, heinous crime scene. But here I'm you go. I'm just going to leave this right here. <laughs> that's what. Um, that's what should have been in the hole that was in that guy's face. It was one of Monroe's flyers. <laughs> he probably has one in his pocket. So it's going to link back to Monroe somehow. Okay, so we'll do, we'll go to the final scene, uh, which is with Detective Glover. So you had been most acutely aware of the outsider feeling when you were in that part of Harlem you were. Mm-hmm. And uh, you didn't recognize any particular face when you were there because it's the first time you'd seen them all. But as you've been on this train ride and you're a good, you know, halfway into it, you can't help but think that the black fella sitting back there in the corner looks oddly familiar to you. In fact, yeah, you saw him. He was one of those guys that plainly looked at you, maybe not with hostility, but what are you doing here? And it just, this coincidence thing has maybe not been messing with you in the terms of the book, but this is the kind of coincidence you don't like, you know? Mm. What's this, you know, what's he doing here? So, yeah, he's just looked, but he, his eyes dart away when you look at him. And then we'll stay mm. there. Pick it up next time. Thanks for playing, guys. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Good thing you didn't go and look at the body. Darn, yeah. Andrews has the sanity 
uh, immunity to body mm -hmm. grievous wounds. Yeah, well, we all have our... This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.